Hi, welcome to the Alex Rubit Ministries podcast. I'm your host, Alex Rubit, and I pray that you will find today's teaching of the Word of Faith and Grace to be uplifting, edifying, and encouraging. To find out more about our ministry and to access other teaching resources, simply head to graceworldchurch.org. And with that being said, let's get into today's message. I want to invite you to join me this morning in the book of Romans, chapter 2, verse 4. The book of Romans, chapter 2, verse 4. And what I want to talk to you about today is, I want to talk to you this morning about confidence in the goodness of God. Confidence in the goodness of God. You see, the way that 2023 is going to go for us, guys, it's going to depend as I said last night in our in our message last night, we were talking about how this year is going to go is going to depend upon our focus. You see, you have a choice. You as a born-again believer, you have a choice to put your focus and your attention on God and on what Jesus has already made available to you or you can choose to put your focus and your attention on the world, on what's going on in the world. You can uh, tune into the world system and make that your dependence. And so you, as a born-again child of God, what you want to do is you want to put your focus on God. You want to put your confidence in God. You want to, as we said last night, you want to purpose that 2023 is going to be a year where you put all of your dependence on God. You put all of your hope, all of your trust, all of your confidence in God. Now, in order for us to do this correctly, guys, we got to have the correct concept of God. We got to have the correct correct impression of God. Because what you want to understand is that your your concept of God is always going to determine your ability to receive from God. I'm going to say that again, your concept of God, the way that you think God is, is going to determine your ability to receive from God. Now, it's not that God changes. God doesn't change. God is always God. And I have news for you guys. God is always good. But our concept from God, you see, if we have an incorrect impression of God, it's going to it's going to become a hindrance when it comes to us receiving from God. And so what we want to do here in 2023, guys, as we, as we make ourselves available to what God wants to do in our lives, what we want to do is we want to have the correct impression of God. And what we want to do is we want to release our faith in the goodness of God. We want to have confidence in uh, the goodness of God. And what I mean is uh, that your confidence is not in your performance. Your confidence is not in yourself. Your confidence is not in your ability to perform or to measure up to a certain standard. No, your confidence is in this truth that God is good regardless of whether or not we have been good. God is good, independent of your performance. God's attitude towards you does not change. And so you want to have that correct impression of God. So I want you to see what he says here in Romans chapter 2, verse 4. He says here in verse 4, 
He says, "Or despises thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance?" The word "despise" means to think lowly, to think less. Or despises thou the riches of his goodness, God's goodness, and forbearance and long suffering? Check this out now, guys. Not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. It's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. To repent—that's an interesting word. It's a word that oftentimes has been、uh, religionized. People have all kinds of ideas of what it means to repent. But what I want you to understand is that repent simply means to have a change of heart. To repent simply means to change your mind, to change your attitude, to change the inclination of your heart and mind. Really, in context, what repent. Means is it means to turn away from unbelief and to turn to belief. Because what did Jesus say, guys? When he started his earthly ministry, he said, "Repent and believe. Repent and believe that the kingdom of God is at hand." Indicating that before you repent, you're in a state of unbelief, and then when you repent. You actually enter into a state of believing, and so we're talking about belief versus unbelief. We're talking not about your performance. We're not talking about you going around and beating yourself up over your mistakes. You beating yourself up over all of the areas where you miss it, or you、uh, being under this impression that God is not pleased with you because of some area in your life where you are falling short. No, when we talk. About repentance, what we're talking about is we're turning away from unbelief and we're turning to belief. We're turning away from looking to our performance and we're turning to our faith and our trust and our confidence in a Jesus, guys, and what Jesus has already done for us and what Jesus has already made available、uh, to us. And so, and so, what this means in a nutshell, guys, is. Is that we put our faith in the goodness of God? We put our faith in the goodness of God. Now, I want to share some things with you on that because you know, in many ways, and the Lord was kind of dealing with me on this this past week. In many ways, this is a very basic message that I'm sharing with you this morning. This is a very basic message because because all of us, you know, if you've been a believer for any length of time. Then you have heard this expression that God is good. In fact, that's something that we oftentimes tend to say. We say, "Well, you know, brother Alex, God is good." You know, I, I asked you, you know, how, how are you doing? How are things going? You might be dealing with some challenges, but then you say, "Well, but but brother Alex, God is good," and that is true. And so we as believers, we oftentimes refer to the goodness of God. But what we want to do is, guys, we want to understand. We want to have a revelation. Glory to God. We want to have a revelation of of just the magnitude of His goodness. You see, when you when this is not just something you say because you're used to saying it. No, this is something that becomes a revelation in your heart. The goodness of God. I want you to understand that's going to change everything. And so, in order for us to live. In what God is making available to us here in 2023, in order for us to step fully into what God wants to do in this new season that we are stepping into, guys, we we must have absolute confidence in the goodness of God. Now, watch this. I want you to listen to this very closely. 
God's goodness does not depend on our ability to be good. God is not good because we are good. I want you to catch this. Because sometimes people have been in, in, in religion, they've been in church for any length of time, and so what you think is, well, God is good when you're good. You see, you, you, you're watching me, and if you're honest with yourself, you're, you're, you believe that, well, God is good so long as I'm good. But I want you to understand, friend, God is good regardless of whether or not you have been good. I want you to understand that God is good simply because God is good. God is good simply because that is his nature. That is his character. That is who he is. And as the scripture says, it is actually the goodness of God that's going to draw people to him. I was telling you last night that in this in the season in which we find ourselves, we're going to see a divide between the people who are putting their trust and their confidence in God and the people who are putting their confidence in the world. We're going to see a great divide between people who are living in the light of the goodness of God and people who are living in the darkness of uh, the world. And what I want you to know is what's, what's going to draw people out of darkness, glory to God, and bring them to the light is not it's not religion, it's not condemnation, it's not beating them up over the areas where they miss it. No, what's going to draw them to the light, guys, is uh, the goodness of God. It is the mercy of God, it is the grace of God, it is the unmerited favor of God that has already been made available to the entire world through the finished works of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so, uh, the goodness of God, guys, has to be our foundation for absolutely everything. In order for us to truly depend on God, in order for us to truly live upon God, in order for us to truly trust in God, we must have confidence in His goodness. Are you tracking with me this morning, guys? If you understand that, say Amen. Type Amen in the comment section. Amen. Amen. That's right. Now, here's the thing, and, 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 and this is really so awesome, guys. When we realize, when we realize that we can actually truly depend upon a God whose nature is to be good, whose nature towards us is his love. Well, what happens is now we can begin to rest in him. Now we can do what the scripture was saying, where he says that those who wait for the Lord, they're going to renew their strength. To renew your strength, it literally means to exchange your weakness for His strength. It is to exchange your inability for His ability. It is, is to, it is to exchange the areas where I miss it for the supplies of God. And so God is, is good, guys. Now, what happens is, is that sometimes people have an issue with this. They'll say, well, well, Brother Alex, it's true, God is good, but you got to remember, you, you can't just preach that God is good. No, you got to also remind people that God is holy, God is just. And that's true, guys. God is holy, God is just. But what people mean sometimes when they say this is, well, they're saying, well, you, 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 well, you can't just believe in the goodness of God. You, you actually got to... Um, let me turn off this heater here for a second. We're alive, guys. We're alive. Uh, the heater went, went, went on there for just a moment. Uh, <laughs> track with me now. Uh, you, you can't just believe in the goodness of God. You also got to preach His holiness. In other words, and what they're saying is, well, that means you got to perform. You got to perform to be pleasing to God. But what I want you to remind, what I want to remind us, uh, 
on that this morning, guys, is yes, God is holy, God is just, but do you know a God being holy, God being just, God having to deal with uh, the sins of the world, God having to deal with the areas where we miss it. I want to remind you of the gospel this morning, guys, which is that God's already dealt with that 2,000 years ago in the body of Jesus. And so, yes, God is holy, God is just, but God's heart towards us is His love. And the truth of the matter is that as a result of what Jesus has done 2,000 years ago, listen to me very closely, friend, as a result of what God, of what Jesus has done 2,000 years ago, God does not deal with me based on my performance. God deals with me based on the perfect performance of Jesus Christ on my behalf. This is huge. This is huge. God is not dealing with you based on your performance. God is dealing with you based on the perfect performance of Jesus on your behalf. You see, if you have received Jesus as your Savior and Lord, the Bible says you are in Christ. You have been joined unto the Lord. And so when God looks at you, friend, He does not see you in yourself. When God looks at you, He does not see you in your performance. When God looks at you, He sees you in His Son. When God looks at you, He sees you in Christ. And I want you to understand that what is true about Jesus has become true about you in your born-again spirit in Christ, independent of your performance. You see, guys, this is why it's so crucial that we be established in our identity in Christ. This is why it's so crucial that we understand that, that, that no matter what's going on in the natural, no matter my performance, no matter the areas where I might miss it, As far as God is concerned, if you are born again, if Jesus is the Lord of your life, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And in fact, it is not your behavior that determines your identity, friend. But watch this. Your identity is sooner or later going to determine your behavior. And so what I'm getting at is this, that sometimes people say, well, Alex, if you just preach the goodness of God, if you just preach the grace of God, if you just focus on the love of God, you're just really giving people permission to live in sin. You're giving people permission to live any kind of way they want. But guys, may I remind you of what the scripture that we just read said? The scripture said, it is uh, the goodness of God uh, that leadeth people to repentance. It is a revelation of the goodness of God, a glory to God that's going to produce change and transformation in a person's heart. It is uh, the goodness of God uh, that's going to uh, uh, cause you uh, to want to live in a way uh, that is pleasing to Him. And so... The goodness of God has to be our starting point. The goodness of God. And so, if there's an issue going on in my life, and I'm believing God for something, my confidence now is not in my performance. My confidence is not even in my, in, in my ability to, to confess the word of God, or whatever the case may be. No, my confidence is God is good. You got a diagnosis from the doctor, your response is, I release my faith in the goodness of God. I believe that God is so good. I believe that God loves me so much. He's already made healing available. Praise God. And I release my faith for that healing. There's something going on with your kids. God is so good. God loves me so much. I now release my faith that it shall be well with my children. Now check this out, guys. 
God does not deal with us based on our performance. He deals with us based on the perfect performance of Jesus on our behalf. Now in the same way, and this is huge, guys. God does not respond to what I think, to what I say, or to what I do. And that's huge. You know, one thing that I've really come to learn is sometimes people, you know, get this mixed up when you're walking by faith and they think what we're talking about is positive thinking. You know, they think what you're talking about is, well, Alex, just think good thoughts and then it's going to be okay. This is a worldly thing. You put that the world has this thing and, and the world always has kind of like, um, shall we say, counterfeits to the kingdom of God. And so the world sometimes will have this thing where they say, well, it's it, you just put your confidence in your positive thoughts. You just uh, put your confidence in your, in, in your ability uh, to, to make stuff happen with your positive thinking. But what I want you to understand, when you are living a life of depending on God, God does not respond to our thoughts, guys. You see, this is radical, guys. This is a radical truth. Glory to God, which is that God being God is never going to be, he's not going to be changing up things based on what we're doing. You see, this is radical. And I know I'm going to have to get into this a lot more and show you this from Scripture a lot more. I'm just kind of laying a foundation here today, guys. I, I want you to understand that God has decided not to allow anything that we do to change how he's going to deal with us. You see, God decided to deal with us in his grace and his, in his mercy. Uh, long before you ever sinned, God decided to send Jesus into the world to deal with your sins. Amen. And so nothing that we do can change that. And so while God does not respond to what we think, say, or do, watch this now, it is necessary for us guys to align our thinking, our saying, and our doing with what we believe God has already made available to us. Are you tracking with me today? And so, we're not saying that what you think is not important. We're not saying that you speaking the word of God is not important. No. But what we're saying is that when you're making confessions of faith, when you are meditating the word of God, when you are believing God, you're not trying to get God to do. You see, you're not trying to impress God with your faith. <laughs> this is huge. You're not trying to impress God with your faith. No, what you're doing is you're aligning your thinking, your speaking, and your doing with what you believe God has already made available to you. Look at Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. And today, guys, we're going to get as far as we can get, and then we're going to have to stop, and I'm going to have to continue this next week, because uh, I got to actually, the reason I'm doing these sermons this early is because I got to be at church at 8.30 this morning, and so, and so praise God, that's going to force me to not go over today, amen. Uh, when I'm out of time, I'm out of time, but I want us to really just kind of lay a bit of a foundation here today, set, set a little bit of the the direction of where we're going to be headed here, I believe, in the next few weeks. And so Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3, remember, you're thinking, you're believing, and you're doing are now all going to be designed not to try to get God to do, but it is actually you aligning yourself with 
your confidence in the goodness of God. And here's how I want you to think of the goodness of God. I want you to understand that Jesus, through his finished work on the cross 2,000 years ago, oh, glory to God, he's already made available anything that you will ever need. God is not holding out on you, friend. God is not holding out on you. Look at what he says here, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. He says, according as his divine power has, past tense, given unto us, what did he give us, guys? All things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. And so God, and we looked at this last night, has already made available to you what you need. You see, you see, God already decided to make healing available. God decided to make provisions available. God decided to make wisdom available. And so you, as you are releasing your faith in the goodness of God, you're not now going to try to perform, to try to get God to do what he's already made available. No, what you're going to do as friend is... You are now going to walk in a way where every single day you're releasing your faith in the goodness of God. Every single day you want to get up and say, Lord, I thank you for your goodness. Lord, I thank you that what I need is available. Lord, I thank you that you've already provided all things pertaining to my life and to my godliness. Now you say, well, Alex, it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't look like it. Well, may I remind you, friend, that we do not walk by, we do not walk by what we feel or see. We walk by faith. Amen. We walk by faith and not by sight. You see, faith is simply our positive response to the goodness of God. It's our positive response to what the grace of God has already made available to us. Now, now I want to kind of um, thank you, Lord. I want to I want us to look at something. Yeah, I want us to look at something uh, real quick. Let's look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, real fast in the uh, New Living Translation in the uh, NLT, because, because I want you to understand that God is so good, guys, that it is, you know, the scripture says, it's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. Now, how does that happen? How does that happen? You see, because people say, well, well, if you preach too much grace, people are just going to live any kind of way they want. But I want you to understand that it is the goodness of God leading you to repentance, which is the goodness of God is actually out at work on the inside of you. You see, child of God, I want you to understand that if you are born again, if you are in Christ, God is at work on the inside of you. You see, you got his goodness working on the inside of you. This is, again, why it's important that you understand your identity in Christ as the righteousness of God. This is why it's important that you understand your new creation in Christ. Because people say, well, if you focus on the goodness and just believe in God and, and all this grace stuff, you know, people say, well, Alex, you know, you're preaching too much grace. And, you know, what about holiness? What about living right? But here's what I want you to understand, that this is so crucial. Thank you, Lord. This is so crucial because sometimes there's 
erroneous teachings on grace out there as well. You know, sometimes people are using grace as an excuse to no longer live right. But I want you to understand that grace is not, we're not doing away with holiness. We're not doing away with right living, but what I want you to understand that if you are believing in God's goodness, if you are walking in, a, in an intimate fellowship with Jesus, glory to God, what actually happens is that He now goes to work on the inside of you. You see, and what he's going to do is his grace is is going to create transformation from the inside out. His grace is actually going to give you the desire to live right. Look what he says here in Philippians 2.13. He says, for God is working in you. Stop right there. Friend, may I tell you today that God is at work in you? Friend, may I tell you today that even as you're listening to this word right now, glory to God, the Holy Spirit is at work on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit right now is ministering to your heart. The Holy Spirit right now is making this word real to you. And what is he doing? He says, God is at work on the inside of you, and he's giving you the desire, the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Glory to God. God actually gives you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. That's awesome. You see, you see, when you understand the goodness of God, and we're going to get into this much more, when you have a revelation of how much he loves you, friend, of, of, of what he's already done for you, what that does is that's going to produce that change of heart. That's going to produce that transformation. You see, when a person thinks they have to perform and struggle to try to be right with God, when a person is operating in this old covenant mentality of, I got to do these things to be pleasing to God, well, now everything you do kind of becomes a struggle. Now everything you do becomes an obligation. Now it's about, oh, I, I got to do this thing, but I want you to understand, glory to God in this new covenant, it's all about what we get to do for God. It's not I have to do this, it's I get to do this. Glory to God, I don't have to go to church today. <laughs> Praise God, no, I get to go to church today. You see, I have the great joy of getting to serve today. Uh, I have the great joy of getting to speak this word to you today. You see, but, but, but what is that? Is that my goodness? No. No, guys. You see, because when you talk about trusting in the goodness of God, what you're doing is you're trusting in God's goodness, and so that means you're not trusting in your own goodness. You see? You see, you trust that God is good. Lord, help me to articulate this. Thank you, Lord. You know that God is good, and it's His goodness at work on the inside of me that's creating transformation from the inside out. I'm, I'm experiencing that again in my own life, guys. Now that I'm back with the ministry, we're back with Grace World, we're back to doing these sermons. I gotta tell you, man, it's like, it's just a joy getting to do what God is calling you to do. 
And so what I want you to understand is, is, is you, you watching me right now, whoever you are, there's an assignment that God has for you. There's something God is calling you to do. He's already equipped you with it. And to the degree that you're going to depend on Him this year, to the degree that you're going to live a life of depending on God for all things, trusting in His goodness, He's going to be giving you, He's going to be working on the inside of you, He's going to give you the desire, He's going to give you the power to fulfill whatever your assignment is. That's awesome, guys. Now, that doesn't mean that it's not sometimes going to be challenging. Remember, we're never talking about, oh, this is going to be a challenge-free life. No, no. But what we're saying is, you know, Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. But then what did he say? Glory to God. He said, but be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. And so, yeah, there's going to be challenges, but in the midst of the challenge, you can be of good cheer because the one glory to God who has overcome the world is at work on the inside of you. The one who has overcome the world is is changing you, transforming you, molding you and shaping you from the inside out. And he is giving you the supernatural power and the supernatural ability to break free from whatever you need to break free from. You're struggling with an addiction? Well, he's going to give you uh, the supernatural power to break free from that addiction. You're struggling with depression? Well, he's going to give you uh, the supernatural power and ability uh, to break free from that from that depression. You see, you see, but you got to live a life of depending on him. You got to live a life where you're putting your confidence in his goodness. In his goodness. Not in your own performance. Glory to God. Are you tracking with me this morning, guys? Are you tracking with me? Amen. If you, again, if you understand it, say amen. Type amen in the, co- in the, uh, in the comment section. I can see it over there. And, um, praise God. Now, now we want to go into this a little bit further now. When we really think about the goodness of God, when we really think about the goodness of God, and you can turn to Romans chapter 8 verse 28, the goodness of God, you know, people say, well, Alex, if God is good, and I touched on this last night, if God is good, why do we see certain things happening in the world? Well, Alex, if God is good, why was there a pandemic? Uh, why did my business go down? Why, why did I lose my loved one? If God is good, why are we going through all these things? And so what we want to understand when it comes to the goodness of God is this, and this is huge. We want to understand when it comes to the goodness of God, that God is not directly causing all things to happen in this world. I think that's important to understand. I think that's important to understand. Thank you, Lord, because we talk about how God ultimately is in control. But what I want you to understand is what this does not mean. God being in control does not mean that God is directly willing or causing all things to happen in this world. You see, I want you to understand very clearly, guys, God is not responsible for the pandemic. 
God was not responsible for the pandemic. And we looked at this last night. Remember, if you haven't listened to that sermon, go check it out. We, we looked at John 10.10, where we saw that it's the thief, it's the enemy that comes to steal, kill, and to destroy that Jesus, glory to God, came to give us the abundant life. And so God is not causing the evils in the world. Now, what does it mean that God is in control? Here's what it means. It means that God has perfect foreknowledge of everything that's going to happen in the world. Foreknowledge means, quite simply, I'm going to put this very simply, guys, that simply means that nothing is ever going to catch God off guard. Nothing that happens in the world is a surprise to God. God already knew before the beginning of time, before he made Adam and Eve, he already knew all of the stuff that was ever going to happen. He already knew the mess that you would find yourself in, friend. It's not a surprise to God. And so because God has perfect foreknowledge of everything that's going to happen, well, what this means is that God, while he doesn't cause everything to happen, God is now going to use everything for his own purposes, and he's going to use everything for good in the lives of his children. Look at this in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Verse 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and those who are the called according to His purpose. I want you to know, friend, if you are a believer, you are called according to His purpose. That means everything is working together for your good. Now, now catch me now. Because again, we're now walking this, this fine line between what the world calls, well, Alex, that's just positive thinking. Alex, you're talking about looking at things positively. That's not what I'm saying. You see, this is not positive thinking. This is thinking in alignment with what the Word of God says. And the Word says that God uses everything together for good. Look at this verse in the uh, New Living Translation. Romans 8.28 in the NLT says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. Now, I want you to notice, He causes everything to work together for good. He doesn't cause everything. He causes everything to work together for good. You see, God didn't cause you to lose your business. But if you will let him, if you will let him, friend, he's going to cause that to work together for your good. Now, this is huge. Glory to God. I, I feel like we're, we're kind of really just scratching the surface on something right here that we're going to get into a lot more. Because it's hard to see that on the surface. You look at some of the stuff that people go through, guys, and and I look at the world sometimes, and I see what's going on in the world, and the tremendous suffering that's going on in the world. And and then you look at this verse, and God says He's gonna He's gonna cause it all to work together for good. Well, well, how how can this be? How can this be? And the simple answer, guys, is it's because of His goodness. It's because he's good, and because he's God, and we are not. And so, and so what I want to encourage you to do at the beginning of 2023, 
we were saying last night, we were sharing that we believe that we are entering into a season of renewal, a season of restoration, a season of acceleration. And so in this new season, I want to encourage you, as you look at all the stuff in your life, maybe over the past few years that has not been working or you know, the, 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 the challenges you've been through or you're currently going through, when you put your confidence in the goodness of God, what you're doing is now, you're trusting that God not only is going to get you out of that situation, but God is going to use it together for good. And I look at my own example in my own life. You know, our ministry got set back quite a bit with the interruption that we've been through this little extended sabbatical, I guess, if you want to call it that. We've been away for for quite some time. And so I had to kind of deal with this in my own life and say, well, Lord, you know, you know, we had a good thing going in, in 2019, and it's like, wow. But then I had to come come and realize this. Like we told you last night, when God restores something, He's not just going to restore it to the way it was, guys. No, glory to God, He's going to restore it better than it was before. He's going to restore it better than it was before. And so there's good that came out of it because I've grown as a, as a result. I've grown as a result of the challenges that I've been through and and some you know some some detours if you will that we've gone through glory to God I've grown and I've recognized in a in a in a much deeper way my dependence on God my need for God and so God can cause everything to work together for good sometimes simply just because he's causing you he's enabling you to grow you know you've learned some stuff it's not that God caused the bad to happen but if you will let him God is going to use that bad to mature you he's going to use that bad to cause you to grow he's going to use that bad to give you a greater degree of wisdom in the future and so as we're trusting in the goodness of God, we're not pretending that the bad stuff didn't happen, guys. We're not pretending that there's no issues going on in the world. Catch me. But what we're saying is that if we will submit to God, if we will trust in God rather than our, in, our, in our own human wisdom, I remember the Bible said, you want to you trust in Him, you want to lean on Him, you, know, you want to not trust in your own understanding. And so as you do that, you want to trust that God is, is working. He's working out some stuff right now. Now, I want you to say that out loud. I want you to say, God is working out some stuff right now. <laughs> God's working out some stuff right now in my life. And I want you to now say, He's working it together for good. If you're with someone, turn to them and say it. If not, if you're by yourself, say it to yourself. Say, God is, is, is working all things together for good in my life. You see, if you will let him, God can take the mess of your life. God can take the mistakes. You say, well, Alex, you don't know what my past looks like. Friend, I don't need to know. God knows. And if you will let him, well, what God is going to do, he's not going to judge you and condemn you for your past. No, glory to God. If you will let him, what he's going to do is he's going to use your past. He's going to use that mess of your past and he's going to mold it into a masterpiece. He's going to mold it into something that's going to exceed uh, your wildest imaginings, my friend. 
That is trusting in the goodness of God. And so this is what it ultimately means, guys, that God is is sovereign. Now, this is a very, sometimes a bit of a controversial thing to say because there's some, some erroneous teachings about the sovereignty of God or there's some misunderstandings and sometimes maybe I wonder, just miscommunications. It's not, you know, it's being misunderstood because sometimes people think, well, God being sovereign means God is controlling everything. Well, that's not the case. You see, God is not controlling everything, and yet God is in control. (laughs) I know that's a paradox. It's a paradox, guys. He's not directly causing everything, and yet in the ultimate sense, he is in control because he's going to fulfill his purposes no matter what. You see, nothing that we can ever do is going to, is going to change God from, from fulfilling his purposes. God has declared the end from the beginning, and nothing that anybody can ever do, no matter what the forces of darkness try to throw in your way, nothing will stop God from fulfilling his purposes. Now, here's the catch. In order for him to fulfill his purposes in our lives, our participation is required. Our participation is required. And our participation, guys, is not performance or self-effort. No, my participation is, can I trust in the goodness of God? Can I trust in his goodness? And so God being sovereign does not mean that God causes all things to happen in this earth realm. But it does mean that God is using all things together for his purposes and for the good in the lives of those who put their trust in him. And so what's required on our part is that we put our trust, our confidence in the goodness of God. Can I have an amen, guys? Praise God. And um, let's look at some things here in the time we've got left that David said. I want us to look at that real, real fast here. That David said about the goodness of God. And again, I'm going to get into this uh, more. I really feel that there's something here that the Lord is going to want us to look at some more. But for now, let's go to Psalms 27, verses 13 and 14. I'm going to look at that in the ESV and then in the um, Amplified Bible as well. Psalms 37, verses uh, 13 and 14. Because the key is the goodness of God. The key is, I might not understand everything. And God doesn't need us to understand everything. In other words, there's some things that happened. I don't know why they happened. But I don't have to understand why. What I do understand, what I do put my confidence in, is the goodness of God. The goodness of God, guys. And look at what David said. This is what David did. David, in the Old Covenant, he did the same thing. Look what he said here in Psalms 27.13 and the ESV. David said... I believe, how many believers do I have watching here today, guys? David said, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. 
David said he believed that he would see, he would look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. In other words, that he would see God's goodness show up in his life, that he would see the deliverance of God showing up in his life, that he would see the glory of God showing up in his life in the land of the living. This is crucial, guys, in the land of the living, because sometimes people say, well, Alex, you know, we're just going to struggle here in the earth, and then when we get to heaven, we're going to see God's goodness. Well, hold on now, friend. Heaven is going to be awesome. But I want you to understand that God wants you to see His goodness right here and right now in this earth. God wants you to see His goodness in the land of the living. Look at verse 14. He said, wait for the Lord. Glory to God. That's what we were talking about last night, right? Wait for the Lord. He says, be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Now remember, what does it mean to wait for the Lord? You waiting for the Lord is you trusting in Him. You depending on Him in every area of your life. You practicing the art of waiting for God is you seeking His will, His counsel, His guidance, His direction in every area of your life before you go off and do stuff on your own. (laughs) Amen. So before you run off and do something, Waiting for the Lord is, we're going to pause and we're going to see, well, Lord, is this what you want me to do? Before you go and do something stupid, you know, (laughs) praise God, you're going to wait. Hold on, Lord, is this what you want me to do? And so what does this indicate, guys? Relationship. Remember what I told you yesterday. I said three things are going to be crucial this year. And that's going to be your focus. Your focus is on God. It's going to be a relationship with Jesus. It's got to be the primary thing. The strength and the empowerment of this Christian life is your personal one-on-one relationship with Jesus Christ. And then the third part is trust. The third thing is trust. It's, It's focus, relationship, trust. And that's waiting on God. That's waiting for the Lord. Look at this verse in the Amplified uh, Translation. In the Amplified Bible. Hey guys, you know, I just noticed something interesting. I think I'm reading, uh, I, I told you it was the, the other verse. It's not Psalms 37. Uh, it's, it's Psalms, uh, hang on. Excuse me. I'm looking at the wrong verse. I'm sorry guys, it's early in the morning. I, did, I think I did tell you the right scriptures. So it is Psalms 27. I just had the wrong verse here in the Amplified. <laughs> Praise God. This is wrong live, guys. Uh, it is Psalms 27, uh, verse 13. Amplified says this. He says, what, what would have become of me had I not believed that I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living? Man, that's huge. He's saying, if I wouldn't have seen the Lord's goodness, if I wouldn't have believed that I would have seen the Lord's goodness in the land of the living, what would have become of me? I wouldn't have made it. You see? You see? I told you this is a very simple message today, guys. It's a very simple message that no matter what's happening, no matter what's going on in the world, no matter what's going on perhaps in your life, you want to be as David. You want to believe that you're going to see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. Verse 14, he says, Wait and hope for and expect the Lord. He says, Be brave and of good courage and let your heart be stout and enduring. Yes, wait for. 
and hope for and expect the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. There's tremendous power that comes out of that, guys. And when you're putting your trust in God, what this means is, you know, sometimes God will use people to bless you, but you're not looking to people. You're not trying. Here's another thing I've come to find also in my own life is, is you don't, you don't try to figure out how is God going to do this. You see, there's some things where I'm believing God for, don't know how he's going to do it. Now me believing in his goodness is, Lord, I believe you're good, and because you're good, you've already got it figured out. I don't have to know how God is going to do it. Look at Psalms 107, verses 1 through 3, in the TPT, the Passion Translation. And, um, yeah, let's look at it in the Passion Translation. I want you to see this. And I just want to drill this in today, guys. The goodness of God. The goodness of God. If anything else fails, your trust is in the goodness of God. It's not in your performance. Look what he says. Psalms 107, verse 1 in the TPT. He says, Let everyone give their praise and their thanks to the Lord. I love this. He says, Here's why. Glory to God. He's better than anyone could imagine. You want to know God's attitude and God's nature towards you, friend? He's better than anybody could imagine. I mean, think of it. Humanity lost in sin. Humanity spiritually separated, cut off from God, worthy of of judgment. And what does God do? Well, he's so good, guys. He says, no, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to punish you for your sins. No, what I'm going to do is I'm going to come into the world myself. I'm going to become a perfect man. I'm going to send my son. And then I'm going to be in the world, glory to God. And then I'm going to do for you a glory to God which you couldn't do on your own. I'm going to live as a perfect sinless life for you, a glory to God that you couldn't live on your own. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to take all of your sins in my own body on the cross. I'm going to shed my blood. And as a result of what I do for you, all you do is put your trust in me. You put your trust in him. The one who died for you rose again. You're in him. And you now trust in, in, the, in the truth that as a result of what Jesus did, God can legally and justly, righteously deal with you in his unmerited favor. And so that means no matter what's happening in your life, God is good to you. No matter what's happening in your life, no matter the mistakes you make, it's not going to change God's attitude towards you. He's good. He has good plans for you. He has a good purpose for you. He has a future for you. He has a purpose for you. He's better than anybody could imagine. I want you to catch this, guys. No matter how good we think God is, he's actually better than we can imagine. I can't fathom the full magnitude of the goodness of God. And I think that's awesome. He says here, yes, he's always loving and kind, and his faithful love never ends. Verse 2 says, so go ahead, let everyone know it. You know, when the goodness of God, when you experience the goodness of God, guys, you, you can't help 
but want to let people know, right? He says, tell the world how he broke through and delivered you from the power of darkness. Verse 3, and he's gathered us together from all over the world. He has set us free to be his very own. That's the goodness of God. So no matter who you are today, he set you free. No matter who you are today, you can put your confidence in his goodness towards you. I want to finish it off here with a verse in uh, Isaiah chapter 35. Isaiah 35, excuse me, Isaiah 30, uh, 15 through 18. Um, yeah. Isaiah 30, 50 through 18. Guys, this is the earliest I've ever preached a sermon. It's like 7.35 right now here in the morning. Um, but uh, it's awesome. I want to finish off with this here today because we're out of time. And then I want to pick this up next week and we're going to really delve into this some more. Because I want you to understand and we're going to look at a verse on this in the future that as you trust in His goodness, guys, as you're waiting on the Lord, what it's going to do is it's going to produce some rest in your life. It's going to, re- it's going to produce some peace in your life. Look what he says. Isaiah uh, 30, 15, and the ESV. He says, For thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest you shall be saved, in quietness and trust shall be your strength. And so, saved here means delivered, it means healed, it means to be made whole, it means to see the goodness of God in your life. He, he says it's going to come as you return to trusting in Him, depending on Him, resting in Him. Look what he says here. But he said to them, but you were unwilling, verse 16. And he said, no, we will flee upon these horses. In other words, they were going to put their trust in in Egypt. They were, they were going to put their trust in the things of the world, in human strength and ability. He says, they said, we will flee upon horses, And God said, well, therefore you shall flee away. (laughs) And they said, we will ride upon swift steeds. And he said, therefore your pursuers shall be swift. Verse uh, 17, he says, a thousand shall flee at the threat of one. At the threat of five shall you flee till you are left like a flagstaff on the top of a mountain, like a signal on a hill. And so in other words, he was saying, it's not going to go so well, guys, if you're not going to be trusting in me. But look at God's goodness in verse 18. He says, therefore, the Lord waits to be gracious to you. He didn't say, therefore, the Lord waits to punish you, to judge you. No, he took care of that in the body of Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago. Now, this is Old Covenant, but I want you to know that in the heart of God, it was always Jesus, guys. Even in the Old Covenant, you see types and shadows pointing to Jesus because God always knew it's going to be Jesus, how he's going to deal with the world. And so he said, well, therefore, he said he's not going to be there and say, well, guys, I told you so told you, you should have trusted in me. That's not that's not God's nature, guys. He said, therefore the Lord waits to be gracious to you. 
Therefore he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are those who wait for him. I think that's awesome, guys. And I think that's a great place to end it today. Blessed are those who wait for him, those who put their trust and their confidence in God. And that's all we got time for today. We're going to pick this up next week. Guys, if you were blessed by this message, do me a favor and just lift up your hands for a moment and give God thanks. Give God thanks. Thank Him for what you've understood today. Thank Him for what you've heard today. Thank Him for how the Holy Spirit has ministered to you even as I was speaking. And then as we like to do here, thank Him for something else. I'm not going to tell you what. I want you to examine your life right now and I want you to notice the goodness of God in your life. You got up this morning. That's the goodness of God. You found your way to this message. That's the goodness of God. Man, your heart is beating. That's the goodness of God. You see? You see? Remember, we want to be practitioners of radical gratitude. And we want to remember that all good that we see in our lives, it comes from God. He's the author of all good in our lives. And so just thank Him. Thank Him. Give Him praise. Give Him praise. Give Him praise. You've been listening to the Alex Rubit Ministries podcast. I'm your host, Alex Rubit. Hey, thanks so much for joining me today, guys. Now, if this message has been a blessing to you, I want to encourage you to help us to spread the good news. Simply like, subscribe, and share this podcast with others. Now, I pray that you will continue to see God's grace manifesting richly in your life, and I look forward to talking to you again soon.